0: This episode is brought to you by Terminix. There's one thing we can all agree on. Dealing with pests is a pain. But luckily, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. So if your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T E R M I N I X.com. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up can be really bad for you in the long run and have some terrible consequences. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. The more you let things build up, the more of a toll it can take on your mental health. I know for me, in dealing with some traumatic events in my life, I had the tendency to think, well, they've already happened. I'm okay. Other people have it worse. It doesn't matter much. And through therapy, I was really able to understand how those events impacted me and changed how I'd started to see the world in ways that weren't great and were sometimes making my life worse. So therapy or dealing with any traumatic events you've had might really help you in terms of how you can live in the present moment now. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also really easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot conspiracy.
2: In April 1979, President Jimmy Carter created the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, bringing together more than 100 government programs under one umbrella. FEMA provides aid in the event of natural disasters like floods, hurricanes, or earthquakes, as well as man-made disasters like acts of terrorism.
0: But even though FEMA is simply meant to be a disaster response organization, Conspiracy theorists maintain the agency is really a shadow government hiding in plain sight with a secret agenda that could be set into motion at any time.
2: All it would take is a hurricane, a terrorist threat, or a simple civilian uprising. And FEMA, working in concert with the military, could legally round up and detain anyone who protested as they established their new reign of terror.
0: This dystopian future may be more realistic than it sounds. In fact, there's some evidence these purported FEMA death camps have already been constructed.
2: Conspiracy? Conspiracy? Maybe. Coincidence? Maybe. Complicated? Absolutely.
0: Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, the podcast where we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter
2: Roy. I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can listen to previous episodes of Conspiracy Theories, as well as all of Parcast's other shows, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Many of you have asked how you can help support the show, and if you enjoy the podcast, the best way to do that is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening.
2: This is our second and final episode discussing alleged FEMA death camps. Ever since FEMA's creation in 1979, the agency has been wrapped up in controversies, ranging from its secretive black budget funding to its botched response to Hurricane Katrina in 2005.
0: Last week, we discussed the many scandals FEMA has weathered over the decades, as well as the executive orders and top-secret government programs that could open the door for a military coup targeting innocent American citizens.
2: In this episode, we'll dig into the conspiracy theory that there are hundreds of detention camps across the United States being repurposed by FEMA to detain American citizens.
0: This conspiracy theory alleges that FEMA will use its power and resources to manufacture a national disaster, similar to 9-11, giving the government the authority to declare martial law. During the crisis, the government will continue operating safely from its underground bunker, while Americans, already flagged by FEMA as subversives, will be rounded up by the military and forced into detention camps. Those who resist will be killed.
2: We'll only be looking at one conspiracy theory today, breaking it down into three main parts. First of all, who might be funding these death camps, and why?
0: Secondly, under what scenario would these camps be put into operation? And has this scenario already taken place?
2: And finally, is there reliable evidence that these FEMA death camps actually exist? First, let's
0: start with the basics and discuss who might be funding FEMA's alleged death camps.
2: Conspiracy theorists have pointed to everyone from the Federal Reserve to the World Bank to a group they call the global elite a hierarchy of the wealthiest families in the world who are purported to control every major global industry.
0: These families are said to include the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the Medici, the Goodyears, the Waltons, the Hursts, and even the British royal family. It's claimed that certain of these elites, called the Bilderberg Group, hold a secret meeting each year to decide what policies the so-called democratic countries of the world must follow.
2: The Bilderberg Group actually does exist. It was formed in 1954 by a collection of powerful Europeans to reduce growing anti-Americanism in Europe and create an informal meeting of the minds. Between 120 and 150 senior figures from politics, industry, finance, and academia attend the annual closed-door meeting, which is held in a different location every year.
0: Little is known about the actual membership or operations of the Bilderberg Group, but speculation abounds. Every American president is said to have been a member of the Bilderberg Group, The group even allegedly has the power to veto the choice of Pope selected by the Vatican. And, according to some conspiracy theorists, the Bilderberg Group is secretly funding FEMA's death camps as part of its agenda to build a one-world global government and exterminate those who fight
2: against it. One flaw. There's absolutely no hard evidence whatsoever to support this part of the theory. While the debates and decisions from the group's annual meetings are kept secret, the discussion topic list is made publicly available, and not once has their agenda included death camps or one-world government.
0: Of course not. If they were plotting a world takeover and mass genocide, they probably wouldn't let the entire public know what they were up to.
2: Still, this part of the theory seems like a stretch. For all its mysterious conduct, the group sounds like a regular think tank of business and policy people. Besides, if a secretive group of the world's wealthiest and most powerful people were plotting to take over the United States, couldn't they come up with a better plan than spending decades overhauling old military bases to create detention camps? Well,
0: you have a point there. Also, since two-thirds of the group is made up of Europeans... Doesn't it seem like they'd be focused on creating European detention
2: camps instead? Carter, now you're starting conspiracy theories of your own. But I think we can both agree that this aspect of our theory doesn't quite add up.
0: If the Bilderberg Group isn't funding FEMA camps, well, there's only one other logical source of funding. Our own government.
2: That is a disturbing concept. But as we've learned... The truth about FEMA's funding, both its sources and allocations, has been in question for decades. We discussed
0: in Part 1 how, according to Wired Magazine's article, The Secret History of FEMA, the majority of FEMA's funding and a third of its workforce is actually hidden in the nation's classified black budget.
2: Estimated FEMA spending averaged $1 billion a year in the 1980s, $3 billion a year in the 1990s, and not counting the spike in spending from Hurricane Katrina, between $10 and $13 billion a year in the 2000s.
0: Conspiracy theorists estimate that FEMA spends 78% of its budget on classified national security programs, like the underground bunkers it maintains for continuity of government in emergencies. And that's only counting their official budget, They could very well be receiving secret funding through the government's black budget, which is used to fund classified military projects.
2: In 2009, the Department of Defense's total annual black budget was estimated to be around $50 billion, There's no way of knowing how much, if any, of the black budget is going to FEMA.
0: But it's entirely possible that FEMA is receiving enough secret funding from the black budget to pay for their detention camp construction project.
2: Even as far as their official budget goes, FEMA has had its share of mishaps with money. In the wake of 2005's Hurricane Katrina, the agency was accused of mishandling funds so badly that Congress conducted investigative hearings. A year after Katrina, members of Congress were still not sure FEMA had sorted out its internal woes. Here's
0: Senator Susan Collins speaking from the Senate floor in 2006. Although the names of the hurricanes have changed, the waste, fraud and abuse remain all too much the same.
2: In an organization as big as FEMA, with billions of dollars in its budget, it's probably easy for money to slip through the cracks.
0: But to some conspiracy theorists, this money isn't simply slipping through the cracks. It's being intentionally diverted to secret projects. Perhaps they're using portions of their official budget, as well as secret black budget funding, to create their detention camps and prepare for a national takeover.
2: Perhaps. Unfortunately, since the allocation of black budget funds remains classified, There's no way to prove or disprove whether FEMA is receiving secret additional funding.
0: Digging into the truth behind FEMA's funding would require intense investigation that we at Conspiracy Theories don't have the security clearance to do.
2: And right now, without proof, we've only got conjecture. If FEMA is receiving secret funding to pay for their death camps, the most likely option is that they're receiving that funding from the U.S. government. But that's a big if. There's not enough evidence to say that FEMA is receiving any funding beyond their documented annual $13 billion. Well, let's move
0: on to another one of our questions about this week's topic. Once FEMA's death camps are constructed, what scenario would they use to instigate the mass detainment of citizens?
2: As we discussed last week, in the event of a national emergency, the president can declare martial law. Suspending the Constitution and allowing the military, along with agencies like FEMA, to assume control of the country.
0: According to conspiracy theorists, FEMA plans to set this into motion by manufacturing a disaster. Something so big that chaos would ensue and safety, law and order, would become a crucial concern for all citizens.
2: Once the president declared martial law, citizens' rights could be severely restricted or completely removed. There could be travel restrictions and curfews, mandatory requests for ID at any time, and search and seizure of property.
0: Habeas corpus could also be suspended, which would allow imprisonment without a trial or due process. FEMA, working in concert with the military, could begin rounding up dissenting citizens into their camps
2: where they'd be detained or killed. But in order for this plan to be set into motion, FEMA would first have to create and control a disaster in order to have an excuse to declare martial law.
0: Some conspiracy theorists think a scenario like this already happened on 9-11.
2: Up next, we'll discuss how FEMA might go about manufacturing a national disaster and the possibility that such a disaster might have already taken place.
0: This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life, at least Not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. Now, back to our story. In the event of a national emergency, the president can declare martial law, allowing the military and various government agencies like FEMA to assume control of the country. Now, let's take a look at exactly how that process might
2: play out. As we discussed last week, in 1982, Reagan appointed Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North to the EMPB. This was an organization composed of representatives from FEMA and the National Security Council.
0: North worked with FEMA to create Rex 84, short for Readiness Exercise 1984, a contingency plan to suspend the Constitution, declare martial law, and place military commanders in charge of state and local governments in the case of national emergency. Rex
2: 84 was actually patterned on a report written by FEMA chief Louis Giuffrida. According to the Miami Herald, when Louis Giofrida was at the U.S. Army War College in 1970, He wrote a thesis outlining a military plan for the forcible relocation of up to 21 million black citizens to detention camps if there was a black militant uprising in the United States.
0: Racial tensions were at an all-time high after the civil rights laws were passed in the late 1960s, and increased police presence in predominantly black neighborhoods had escalated into nationwide riots.
2: Geofreda's report outlines a possible scenario that could occur if there was an outbreak of racial violence. Quote, As soon as the violence starts, there are similar, though not necessarily pre-planned, outbreaks of violence in other cities across the entire nation. Faced by mounting death and destruction, As well as increasing demands that he do so, the president reluctantly declares a state of emergency and puts the entire country on a war basis, end quote. By the
0: mid-1980s, when Rex 84 was created, the focus was on a different racial group, There was worry that communist influence from Central American countries, especially Nicaragua, would spread to other countries, and the United States was prepared to go to war to stop that from happening.
2: During this time, there were thousands of Central American refugees living in the US. There was a concern that if the United States invaded Nicaragua, there might be a civilian uprising from these refugees and sympathetic citizens. Part of Rex 84's plan called for the detention of aliens as well as American citizens.
0: So when North and the EMBP created Rex 84, the national emergency they were worried about was civilian opposition
2: to their military agenda. That's right. To that end, FEMA absorbed two existing subprograms into Rex 84, called Operation Garden Plot, a program to control the population during a national emergency, and Operation Cable Splicer, which would establish a way for the federal government to take over state and local governments.
0: Operation Garden Plot was originally created by the U.S. Army in 1968 to deploy soldiers during riots. Garden Plot was actually used on at least a few occasions, after Martin Luther King's 1968 assassination, in response to the U.S. invasion of Cambodia in 1970, and during the Republican and Democratic conventions in 1972, there is speculation that Garden Plot was also evoked after the 1992 Rodney King riots and
2: the 1999 Seattle WTO riots. According to unredacted.com, quote, establishing a contingency plan for civil unrest may have been a prudent and constitutional action by the U.S. military, but by cloaking Garden Plot in unnecessary secrecy, the executive branch contributed to the erosion of the U.S. public's trust of its government, end quote.
0: The other subprogram, Operation Cable Splicer, was originally a training exercise undertaken in 1969. According to a New Times Magazine article, Cable Splicer was a domestic military action designed to quell civil unrest. Ronald Reagan, who was governor of California at the time, gave an opening speech before the exercise began.
2: Operation Cable Splicer became, under Rex 84, the subprogram for an orderly takeover of state and local governments by the federal government during a crisis.
0: And it was completely legal, using at least 15 executive orders already on the federal register, according to the website nohoax.com. All it would need to be enacted is the stroke of a presidential pen.
2: Some of these executive orders would allow the government to take over all modes of transportation, highways and seaports, seize control of communication media, and take over all electrical power, gas, and fuels.
0: Other executive orders allow the government to mobilize civilians into government-supervised work brigades, relocate communities, build new housing with public funds, and establish new locations for populations.
2: Only one of the executive orders listed explicitly mentions FEMA. Executive Order 11921 allows FEMA to develop plans to establish control over the mechanisms of production and distribution, which include energy sources, wages, salaries, credit, and the flow of money in U.S. financial institutions. It also provides that when a state of emergency is declared by the President, Congress cannot review the action for six months.
0: This sounds like FEMA's power is indeed immense. The agency could do exactly what conspiracy theorists are afraid of, create a police state and assume control.
2: Yes. The Rex 84 program, along with a series of executive orders already on the books, would allow the federal government to legally declare martial law, allowing the military and FEMA to seize control of nearly every aspect of our country's government, population, and economy.
0: A draft order of Rex 84 was allegedly given to President Reagan, but according to a 1987 Miami Herald article by investigative reporter Alfonso Shardy, it could not be confirmed whether the order was actually signed. It is rumored, however, that not only was the order signed, But Rex 84 was, in fact, activated.
2: Assuming that Rex 84 was signed and activated, all it would take is an undefined national emergency to set the plan in motion.
0: Conspiracy theorists claim that this emergency might look a lot like the events that occurred on 9-11.
2: The terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001, when almost 3,000 Americans were killed, are among the most tragic in U.S. history.
0: Some conspiracy theorists believe, however, that it wasn't foreign terrorists who destroyed the towers of the World Trade Center, but actually a false flag attack by our own government.
2: A false flag is the diversionary or propaganda tactic of deceiving an adversary into thinking that an operation was carried out by another party. False flags are used as ideological weapons to control populations with the fear of a manufactured enemy.
0: In this case, theorists believe 9-11 was an inside job enacted by the American government for the purpose of instigating war with Iraq and Afghanistan.
2: The 9-11 attack not only justified the invasion of other countries, it also allowed the rights and privacy of American citizens to be stripped away in the name of safety by organizations like the Department of Homeland Security.
0: This erosion of our civil liberties is a key step in FEMA's plan to take over the country. When you have a citizenry with few rights left, it's easier to control them.
2: The scenario set out by conspiracy theorists alleges that FEMA will orchestrate a series of terrorist attacks similar to what happened on 9-11. After these false flag attacks, thousands of American citizens who tried to resist the declaration of martial law would be rounded up and sent to FEMA detention camps.
0: In the meantime, the president and the rest of the executive branch would be relocated to Mount Weather or another underground bunker for continuity of government until things blew over.
2: After 9-11, members of government actually did take shelter in an underground bunker to prepare for a possible nuclear war with Al-Qaeda. Let's listen to Lauren Freyer, AP correspondent, reporting in February 2002. More than 70 government officials are living and working in a secret East Coast location. They're underground 24 hours a day and serve for about 90 day intervals. What started as a Cold War precaution under Eisenhower is being used for the first time now amid fears Al Qaeda might get a nuclear weapon. The team drawn from every cabinet department and some independent agencies as well is there to prevent the government's collapse if Washington were attacked. President Bush activated the plan in the first hours after September 11th, but a government official says the president doesn't foresee ever needing to use the shadow government. Lauren Freyer, Washington.
0: So if there were a false flag attack, it stands to reason that the government figures who are in on the plan would once again be relocated to safety while FEMA put their plan into motion.
2: This brings us to another key question. Once martial law had been declared, What exactly would FEMA's takeover look like?
0: Well, to answer that, we might look at what happened in 2005 in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina.
2: In August and September 2005, New Orleans was deemed a disaster area and a state of emergency was declared by Louisiana Governor Kathleen Blanco. This allowed state officials to order evacuations and remove residents from their homes, confiscate firearms, and suspend the sale of liquor, weapons, and ammunition.
0: New Orleans police and the Louisiana National Guard allegedly confiscated more than 1,000 legal firearms from residents.
2: As we discussed in episode one, FEMA's handling of Hurricane Katrina was widely regarded as being just as disastrous as the hurricane itself. Some look at FEMA's blatant mishandling of natural disasters like Katrina and wonder how the agency would have the skill set to pull off something as massive as rounding up thousands of people into detention camps.
0: But others look at Hurricane Katrina as a rehearsal in how FEMA would go about that very process. Step one would be declaring a state of emergency. Then forced evacuations would be ordered. Then things would escalate to the removal of U.S. citizens' rights and property and the detention of citizens who had been targeted as national security threats.
2: We discussed last week how, in the 1980s, Oliver North kept lists of subversives in a database called PROMISE. This database was linked from the White House to the Justice Department. Since
0: the 1980s, the tools the government has for keeping tabs on citizens have become even more intricate and high-tech. In the past decade, a series of leaks by whistleblowers like Edward Snowden have proven that the NSA collects and monitors incalculable amounts of data on U.S.
2: citizens. We'll save the in-depth discussion of the NSA's data monitoring for another day. But suffice it to say, if the government wanted to keep tabs on citizens who might oppose FEMA's reign of terror, they definitely have the tools
0: to do so. In one of the more out-there claims held by theorists, there's also a low-tech way to tell if you're targeted by FEMA. Retired Phoenix police officer Jack McLam a longtime conspiracy theorist, claims, quote, the government has placed unobtrusive colored dots on people's mailboxes so that when martial law is declared, foreign troops serving the New World Order will know what's to be done with the people at each address, end quote. A blue dot means you'll be taken to a FEMA camp, a pink dot, and you'll be used for slave labor. If there's a red dot, you'll be shot in the head immediately.
2: There's no evidence whatsoever to back up McGlam's claim, but it does provide us with a general idea of what might happen after the population was imprisoned in FEMA's camps.
0: This part of the theory has always been a bit unclear. Allegedly, the more able-bodied would be used as slave labor, but what kind of labor and where this would take place, we don't know.
2: And for those detained in the camps, we're not sure of a timeline of release imprisonment could be indefinite. Some theorists say prisoners will be retrained, but what that entails isn't defined either.
0: One clue about the fate of the camp's prisoners, as well as those fighting against imprisonment, is said to be located in Atlanta, Georgia. Since 2008, rumors have been circulating regarding a large number of black plastic containers
2: located near the Atlanta airport conspiracy theorists photographed what they claim are 500,000 plastic coffins FEMA is storing in preparation for their mass extermination of American citizens. Since the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention headquarters is located in Atlanta, one theory supposes this mass genocide might be enacted via a manufactured plague or biological warfare.
0: That would be one efficient way to dispose of thousands of dissidents who were threats to the New World Order.
2: However, the reality is that these plastic coffins are actually polypropylene graveliners, or burial vaults, manufactured by a funeral products company called Vantage Products. Burial vaults are used to protect caskets and prevent the collapse of cemetery ground.
0: What theorists claim to be 500,000 coffins was really only 50,000 burial vaults in storage for use by Vantage products.
2: So this particular aspect of the theory is a wash, all considered there doesn't seem to be a concrete plan from conspiracy theorists explaining what would happen once prisoners were detained inside FEMA's camps.
0: If it's anything like the detention and concentration camps we've seen in America and around the world in the past, the experience would undoubtedly be quite horrific. But if FEMA camps in the United States turn out to be real, these camps wouldn't be the first.
2: Right. The existence of detention camps in America is one of the least far-fetched aspects of this conspiracy theory. These sort of camps have actually been implemented on several occasions since our nation began.
0: Up next, we'll look into some of the history of detention camps and investigate whether FEMA might be preparing more detention facilities for use in the near future.
2: While there's some dispute among conspiracy theorists about what exactly might happen to citizens rounded up in FEMA detention camps, we might find an answer by looking back into the past.
0: The United States has quite a history of utilizing detention camps. The Continental Army employed prison camps to hold British soldiers during the American Revolution, and both the Union and Confederacy had prisoner of war camps during the Civil
2: War. Andersonville in Georgia is the most notorious of the Civil War Confederate camps at one time containing 45,000 prisoners. Another one in Macon, Georgia contained 32,000 men in a facility designed for 10,000. A union camp in Elmira, New York built for 5,000 prisoners held twice that many.
0: Conditions were indeed horrific in these camps. There weren't adequate provisions, prisoners wore rags, and thousands died from gangrene, dysentery, and smallpox.
2: But these were military POW camps, not camps for civilians. Mass detention of civilians didn't become a major issue until much later, during World War II.
0: As you probably know, during World War II, Nazi concentration camps were built throughout Eastern Europe to hold millions of Jews, Roma, and others seen as inferior by the Nazi regime.
2: The first camp, Dachau, was established near Munich, Germany in 1933 to detain political opponents of the Nazi party. Over the next 12 years, more than 40,000 concentration camps or other detainment facilities were created across Eastern Europe. Some were designed as death camps. More than 11 million people were killed in Nazi concentration and death camps before the end of the war.
0: It's interesting to remember that the Nazi camps were started to detain political prisoners who were deemed security threats to Germany because when the U.S. entered World War II, that same methodology was adopted in America.
2: After the bombing of Pearl Harbor by the Japanese in December 1941, President Franklin D. Roosevelt ordered a list made of all first and second generation Japanese in the United States. After only a month, More than 2,000 Japanese Americans were detained in camps as threats to U.S. security.
0: In February 1942, Roosevelt issued Executive Order 9066, which expanded the previous order to allow the imprisonment of Americans
2: of Japanese, Italian, and German descent. By the middle of 1942, over 100,000 Japanese American citizens had been sent to internment camps the Federal Reserve began seizing their property and assets. When the war ended in 1945, the detainees were freed, but they had little or nothing to go back home to.
0: To be clear, as awful as the internment camps were in the United States, they were never intended to be death camps like those created in Europe by the Nazis. The U.S. government wasn't aiming at genocide. It was merely an extremely racist, constitutionally dubious attempt to neutralize security threats.
2: Between World War II and the 1980s, the U.S. policy of detaining immigrants from other countries wasn't widely practiced. But in the early 80s, several thousand Cuban and Haitian refugees arriving in Florida were swept into detention facilities. Since then, several acts of legislation have led to detention being the primary means of immigration enforcement.
0: Federal data shows that in 2016, over 350,000 people were detained in immigration detention centers. While we won't take a stance on the political issue of detaining undocumented immigrants, there's one matter that transcends political debate. According to a study by Syracuse University, detainers were mistakenly placed on 834 U.S. citizens and 28,489 permanent residents between 2008 and 2012.
2: That means that during that four-year period, over 7,300 citizens and permanent residents were illegally detained by immigration enforcement.
0: If the question is whether the government has the power and resources to arrest and detain citizens for no reason, well, the answer seems to be a resounding yes.
2: Laws passed in 1996 also rendered any non-U.S. citizens, including permanent residents, vulnerable to detention and deportation. This continues today, as Central American refugees fleeing from the violence and poverty in their countries are often detained when they attempt to cross over from Mexico. And then there's
0: Guantanamo. After the Al-Qaeda attacks on 9-11, Camp X-Ray and Camp Delta were set up in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, to detain enemy combatants. Since the camps aren't on American soil, there are no legal restrictions to prevent prisoners from being detained indefinitely
2: without trial. Though the number of prisoners at Guantanamo Bay has been greatly reduced in recent years, those remaining still have no set release date.
0: Looking at all these historical instances of detention camps being used in the United States, it seems impossible to dispute the fact that the U.S. government is able and often willing to detain large numbers of residents and citizens in the name of national security.
2: Correct. But there's one more question for us to examine, and it's a big one. Do FEMA's death camps actually exist?
0: According to the conspiracy website NoHoax.com, quote, there are over 800 prison camps in the United States, all fully operational and ready to receive prisoners. They are all staffed and even surrounded by full-time guards, but they are all empty. End quote.
2: FEMA allegedly created these camps by employing KBR, a subsidiary of Halliburton, which is owned by former Vice President Dick Cheney.
0: Most of the camps seem to be located next to railroad systems and roads. Many also have airports nearby. Most are believed to have the capacity to hold up to 20,000 prisoners. The largest site is said to be outside Fairbanks, Alaska, a mental health facility that can hold almost two million people.
2: This number seems rather speculative, given that the entire population of Alaska, as of 2018, is around 800,000 people.
0: Nevertheless, many conspiracy websites have maps showing hundreds of alleged detention campsites. Many of them are described as having high fences, razor wire, and guard towers, and being fully staffed, despite currently standing empty.
2: A few photographs of the purported camps even feature trucks and vans with the FEMA logo on them.
0: Well, that might be proof right there that FEMA is secretly running the facility.
2: On the other hand, vehicles that openly say FEMA might indicate the agency works at or deals with that facility on an official capacity. If it were a secret, they probably wouldn't park their marked vans outside in full view. Ah, good point. Many photos and videos of the possible sites feature large parking lots with the capacity to hold lots of people, as well as warehouse-type buildings with boarded-up windows. Sometimes there's footage of black helicopters flying overhead doing surveillance.
0: Black helicopters are mentioned in many conspiracies involving the government and military. They're usually described as silent, possibly through stealth technology, with the purpose of spying on or intimidating civilian trespassers who've gotten too close to a secret facility.
2: A popular mechanics article investigating FEMA conspiracy theories shows a photograph of a supposed detention camp called Swift Luck Greens. The camp has all the features that are usually described, including guard towers, a perimeter wall, and a three-story prisoner's dormitory.
0: The photo was said to be a concentration camp built in rural Wyoming. The photo, along with several others, were supposedly released on the Internet by accident by the Department of Homeland Security, but pulled within an hour of their release.
2: The photo of swift luck greens, as Popular Mechanics confirmed, was actually the satellite image of a forced labor camp located in North Korea. This image and the others were taken from a report called The Hidden Gulag, exposing North Korea's prison camps, prepared by the Washington, D.C.-based Committee for Human Rights in North Korea.
0: According to Popular Mechanics, quote, "...in the fakes, original maps and geographic coordinates have been covered by poorly pasted DHS logos, the whole thing may have been a hoax. The name of the made-up facility, Swift Luck Greens, is an anagram for left-wing suckers. But it's evidence that once things get passed around the internet, they can lose context and the wildest theory wins." End quote.
2: The article also discusses a couple more alleged sites, including the Beach Grove Amtrak facility in Beach Grove, Indiana. Footage taken of the facility almost 20 years ago has appeared in multiple conspiracy videos on YouTube.
0: Some of the descriptions of the facility accompanying the video footage say that it contains electronic turnstiles for moving groups of people through. Prison-like bars, high-intensity security lighting for 24-hour operation, and brand new gas pipes. Buildings were supposedly sealed airtight and constructed so that poison gas could be blown in via hot air furnaces.
2: The female narrator of one video intones, quote, the jobs of Americans who were laid off there will be filled with foreigners who will have no qualms about gassing Americans in the newly renovated gas chambers in the Dachau and Auschwitz of America. End
0: Pretty intense stuff. Uh, the woman who made the video, Linda Thompson, was one of the pioneers of the militia movement in the United States.
2: The militia movement is an extremist movement started in the early 1990s, consisting of paramilitary groups with an anti-government and conspiracy-oriented ideology. Linda Thompson was considered so extreme in her beliefs, it said she embarrassed even her fellow militia members. Mm, So perhaps she's not the most reliable and unbiased source? Maybe not. In the Popular Mechanics article, Beach Grove is revealed to actually be a maintenance facility for Amtrak's long-distance trains overhauling and repairing approximately 700 passenger cars a year. Company officials welcomed the magazine's investigative crew into the facility and showed them anything they wanted to see.
0: The turnstiles and what were deemed prison bars were an early electronic system to log the company's 500 employees in and out. The new gas pipes were just part of the facility's upgraded heating system.
2: Another FEMA campsite, according to conspiracy theorists, is the Camp Grayling National Guard Training Center in Grayling, Michigan.
0: Conspiracy theorists have been circulating photos of the center since 1999, claiming it to be a concentration camp run by FEMA.
2: However, Major Don Dancer, a public information officer for the Michigan National Guard, has explained the camps are actually being used for military police training. We found no reason to disbelieve this explanation.
0: Camp Grayling, like much of the so-called evidence of FEMA detention camp sites, can be easily explained away as serving a much more mundane purpose than conspiracy theorists like to believe.
2: In all our research, we haven't found proof that any of the facilities listed by conspiracy theorists on nohoax.com and other websites are actual FEMA camps. If FEMA is building secret death camps, they've done a very good job of keeping the secret.
0: Now that we've walked through all the major questions surrounding FEMA death camps, let's take a look at all the evidence and see if we can determine whether this conspiracy theory is plausible.
2: Ever since the 1980s, the government has been working on plans that would allow them to declare martial law, squash civilian uprisings, and detain dangerous citizens in the name of national security.
0: In the 80s, the EMBP collected a list of subversive citizens, and it's possible the government has since continued to track citizens who might threaten FEMA's plan to enact a new world order.
2: Disasters like 9-11 and Hurricane Katrina have provided us with examples of how FEMA might orchestrate a national emergency, relocate masses of citizens, and hide government officials away in an underground bunker while chaos rages above the surface. Detention camps are definitely not
0: a new phenomenon in our country and World War II internment camps and modern-day immigration detention centers stand as examples of the government's ability to detain thousands of U.S. citizens and permanent residents.
2: There are several sites purported to have been converted into FEMA-run detention camps, but under close examination, all of that evidence appears to be fabricated, or at least unsubstantiated.
0: So, looking at all the evidence, Has FEMA set up hundreds of secret death camps across the United States for the purpose of detaining American citizens who don't fall into step with the new world order?
2: Some aspects of this theory are intriguing, but I'm going to rate this one as a 5 out of 10 at best. The theory itself is perfectly plausible. The laws, military exercises, and resources are all in place to allow FEMA to assume power and round up citizens into detention camps, if they chose to do so. Where it falls apart is that there's no evidence FEMA has actually taken steps in that direction, much less that they've already begun construction on these so-called death camps.
0: I agree. There seems to be a lot of theory here, but little proof of conspiracy. The official story seems more likely fema may have its flaws but the agency really does seem to be nothing more nefarious than a disaster response team
2: there are still some unanswered questions about whether rex 84 was ever signed and put into effect as well as what would happen if the government did declare martial law in response to an emergency but a massive coup orchestrated by fema hardly seems like the most likely possible outcome to our next national disaster.
0: As for the 800 abandoned prison facilities purported to be FEMA camps, whatever disaster lies ahead, they still stand empty and ready behind their razor-wire fences, waiting to be repurposed for a new nefarious use. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. If you want to hear more Conspiracy Theories or listen to any of ParCast's other podcasts, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast directory. And if you enjoy the show, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review.
2: Tell us your favorite Conspiracy Theories on Facebook, and Instagram at Parcast and on Twitter at Parcast Network.
0: And join us next week for more Conspiracy Theories.
2: Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story.
0: And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories was created by Max Cutler is a production of Cutler Media and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Kenny Hobbs, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Conspiracy Theories is written by Kristen Kirby and stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy.